This is the Like I Die podcast. This is Josh. And this is Scout. And we have a returning guest today. We've only done this, I believe, one other time. I had a guest on for a second time. Um, but we have Josh Stone of North Carolina descent. Not descent, um, but he's also from the Outward Conversations uh, Traveling Discussion Group. Um, and him and Dylan were on in the past to talk about that. So just want to kind of follow up and connect. So, Josh, what's been new with you uh, in life, man, and what's been new with Outward Conversations? Well, first, um, I think you're the only person that's called us the Traveling Discussion <laughs> Group, which I love so much. Like, that is, it- is, like, completely sums up what we do because I had no way of like ever since you called us that I was like I'm I'm using that now. It's so, that's what I'm so it's funny um cuz I was uh reading something recently where uh, they're they're talking about how some companies have actually received their names received I I guess kind of like decided on their names uh through like a similar process where um there have been some companies that have gone with like one name that you know they want to brand themselves one way but people started like referring to them as something else they're like, oh yeah, you're the you you're the guys that do this. So they kind of like took that to heart, and they're just like, well, I guess that's what everyone's calling us. We may as well go with it. So uh, <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah, hopefully that accurately depicts you. Yeah. Um, I mean, no, no, I don't want definitely does. I don't want to like it would be terrible if like someone was like diehard like we 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 play punk music, but I started calling them like emo <laughs> emo folk or something. I don't know. <laughs> You guys need to check out this new rap band. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. Um, but yeah, as far as what we've been doing, um, Dylan uh, felt called to go to college. So he's doing that. And uh, we still talk a lot. We still plan teachings with each other and stuff. But as far as like traveling and touring and stuff, I've kind of taken on all of it currently. Um, so for the past four or five tours I've done, I've brought out other people that I know that definitely have a passion for people and a passion for talking to people and a passion for people for a passion for seeing people set free. And it's been really cool. Dude, I loved, uh, when you and your brother, Chris came into Williamsport, Mm -hmm. um, cause I'm really, I, I wasn't like nervous about it, but um, you and Dylan just like bounce off of each other so well that yeah. I was just like, I don't know if it's going to kind of have like the same, same punch to it or whatever, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. But like, it was just different. Like it was a good kind of different, but it was just different. Um, and it was, I don't know, like me and Kendra have come back to that a few times, just that it was so freaking cool to have you and Chris both share about like your family background and everything. Um, yeah. and have that relate to a couple people that were there in like a really legit way. Um, and mm-hmm. I don't know, for one, like, thank you for coming out and just sharing oh, transparently. Like it was a really co- cool moment for us. Cause we, we kind of like knew some of the background with a, you know, those couple people there. Um, but it wasn't something that like we'd had conversations with them about. Um, so yeah, like I, I love that, that God just used you guys in that way to, to connect and um, speak into those situations. And uh, yeah, I, it was, you guys totally worked well together as well. Um, it was just, Thank just you. a different conversation. It was cool. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Something that I try to stay open to 
is whoever I'm taking out, um, I try to focus more on like what can they bring to it, and then I kind of go off of that as well. So whenever me and Chris came out, I was like, yeah, we grew up with each other. Like, So why wouldn't we talk about our home life? Why wouldn't we talk about you know a uh, parent passing away and how we coped with that? Like, and uh, this tour that I did in October was all about telling your testimony. And I took out one of my very close friends that um, grew up in a very, like, poor area and uh, just had a very rough childhood. And we got to talk about going from hopelessness to hope and how God can use anything for his glory and how like now he's only 22, but he's been through stuff that like, you know, by all human thought, by all human standards, he should not be in a church. Like he shouldn't know God. He should be really far from it. But all the stuff that he had to go through ended up bringing him to God. So whenever we taught, on that tour, we talked about the importance of telling your story and how you can't truly be set free until you can talk about it. There too, like you're not your story, so like you know exactly. So you're able to talk about it, like removing yourself and the feeling of like this story, like identifies me in some way, shape, or form. Mm-hmm. For sure, for sure, and something that I like to talk about a lot too is you know you're truly free from something when you can see anybody talk about anything that happened or be any place and it doesn't upset you. Like, because I know, like, certain people are like, well, I'm okay as long as I never have to see that person again. And that's not true freedom. Because mm-hmm. you're still holding something against that person. Or, you know, I'm okay as long as I never have to go back home again. You're not really free because you have to stay in hiding, basically. Um, and it's just cool to see people tell really powerful stories of freedom. That, like, hey, it's been pretty crappy, but through christ i have been set free from all of these things and i can go back home i can go back and talk to the people who at one point in time i could say i hated i can go back and talk to these people now and i'm truly free from that so that was a really cool topic to talk about and uh that's actually something that we're planning on trying to do pretty soon again he's wanting to go back out with me soon that's right so I've been uh, listening to an audiobook this past week. Um, actually, a story that was involved in the audiobook. Um, I, I contacted the guy that it involved just on a whim, and he's going to be on the podcast soon, and I'm really excited about that. Um, That's awesome. But yeah, so the, the audiobook's called Amish Grace, and it's all about um, the school shooting that happened about 10 years ago in Pennsylvania and how the Amish community rallied yeah. around... Um, to love on the family of the guy who killed the kids and uh, killed himself. Um, 
but I was just thinking there is a, there are a lot of really interesting things in that book. Um, I don't know all of like the ins and outs of the theology around the Amish. Um, like I, you know, I know that I've heard some people kind of like say that there are some major issues there. So I'm not purporting like, you know, I'm not like in support of everything that they're about necessarily. Yeah. Um, but, uh, there was uh, a part in the book that they're saying that um, really it's like so ingrained in them just like to have hearts of forgiveness and really just uh, to express God's forgiveness towards others. Um, they take very seriously, you know, like when Jesus says like, you know, like if you do not forgive, you will not be forgiven um, yeah. to the point that they were saying that actually like in um, their services when they're going to take communion, like they'll actually halt the service um if there is any you know like beef between people um until that's resolved um where i was just like dang that's like i don't know just very actively cultivating a culture of you know like not having hearing and obeying yeah not having hardened hearts you know um and even i mean like that's the thing like I, i think that most of most of humanity like there are certain things that it's just like all right, yes, forgive, but if this is done to you, you know, like, that's that's a little much. You know, like, you have the right to hang on to that. Um, yeah. And uh, whereas, like, I would never want to, like, pressure someone um, to get to that place of forgiveness, especially when it's, like, you know, horrible things done to people. Um, that's just something that, that stayed with me where it's just like, man, um, they've just kind of, like, made it a, made it a point to practice forgiveness actively in their daily life. Yeah. And I think a lot can be, a lot can be learned from that. Um, and it really challenged the heck out of me at least just as oh, far yeah. as like holding grudges, you know, and that was like a big thing that, uh, that they talked about was, yeah, like they struggle with unforgiveness like anybody else. Um, but they don't, they don't consider that okay. You know? Um, yeah. And, and that's kind of like the difference, not justifying the unforgiveness, um, struggling yeah. through it, but not justifying it. Right. There, there's really a huge difference mm-hmm. where like you're, you're using a past hurt or something that has happened against you as a reason not to move forward as saying like, this completely ruined me as a person. And like, you know, I would move forward, but this happened. Or I could move forward, but this happened. But I know God said to forgive, but this was really terrible. Like, I have to be the exception to the rule. And like, you know, when you look at the gospel of Jesus Christ, like Christ had every reason not to forgive those who he died for. Mm -hmm. But he still went to the cross anyway to give himself as a ransom for sinners. And like, if Jesus didn't set those types of boundaries, then like, by all means, we can't afford to. Or feel like we can validate ourselves in being unforgiving or being bitter when Christ has called us to otherwise. Mm-hmm. Yep. Something that I've been thinking on a lot lately is um, like Jesus, he said that he doesn't do anything that he didn't see the Father do. Like he only speaks what he heard him speak and he only does what he saw him do. And so many times we take scripture as, well, that's a cool thing. That's a cool thought. But we don't take it as in, like, we have to practice that. 
and that's one of the biggest tricks of the enemy is to keep Christians in a place where they're constantly doing stuff, but they're not going forward. It's like they're constantly going side to side. Like I'm, I'm doing all of this stuff, and I feel like I have a really hectic schedule, but I'm not making any progress. I'm just doing stuff mainly as a cop-out to not do the stuff that I need to do. Like, you know, actually have those hard conversations with people or actually forgive the people that I need to forgive. Like, we use a lot of scriptures and we're just like, yeah, that's that one doesn't apply to me. Like, it's very easy to, like, hear a scripture and be like, oh, man, that makes me think of this guy. Uh, he really needs to hear that one. Yeah. But we don't internalize it ourselves. So, yeah, that's a super cool thought process. And I know when all of that stuff happened in the Amish community, like, the whole country turned to that because everyone was in shock. And, I mean, there's a bunch of people in this country that claim Christianity and like that's how we should be acting towards people every day, and it shouldn't be a huge culture shock to be like, "Oh, dude, that killer was forgiven." Like, people should be forgiven, right? Yeah, um, I, I love hearing stories like that, and it, yeah, it's always kind of like maybe kind of like that middle ground for me, where, uh, yeah, there are times that that I am shocked by something. And then it like mm-hmm. it does hit me where I'm just like, why am I shocked by that? And it's what it comes down it comes down to it is like, yeah, my, I don't have the heart of Christ. Um, like I should look at that as an awesome example, but like the fact yeah. that I'm just kind of like, oh, I could never see myself in that spot, you know? Yeah, um, is just kind of like indication that yeah, <laughs> like I'm not reflecting the heart of Christ like in a way I should be. Um, yeah, what what a one of my favorite ones, um, there's, I hope I can find the video and post it in the description, but there was a guy who, um, was, uh, like a neo-Nazi who ended up, I, I believe he got out of prison and had a hard time finding a job. No one would hire him. Um, but a Jewish guy like opened him up and like allowed him to work for him. Um, and it was just like through this guy's love, um, he, it just like broke a lot of walls down and like he considers him a close friend. He was a guy that gave him a a solid chance, you know? Um, One thing that is really interesting. um, The last time I read through the story of the good Samaritan, um, I'm just going to pull it up real quick. So, This this is something that I, I guess I'd never really um, never really heard expressed, but like you know Jesus is talking about th- this guy you know who's left on the side of the road, um, a Jewish man you know um, who's loved on by a Samaritan. Um, like it just hit me that like who is Jesus talking to? Like he's talking to Jewish people, you know. So, and then at the end, he's saying like, who was the one that did right? So like it caused the people, the people that Jesus was talking to that were Jewish, it caused them to have to answer 
the Samaritan is the one that did it right. You know what I mean? So it would be kind yeah. of kind of like if you told that exact same story to let's just go with the neo-Nazi version. Um, and you're like a Jewish man helped this neo-Nazi out. Um, and yep. then you ask the neo-Nazi, all right, like who was in the right? And that he, he has to say the Jewish man, you know? Um, yep. so, uh, yeah, that just hit me the last time I read that. It was just like, yeah, he's talking to an audience that needs to actually express the people that I have prejudice against. They were the ones in the right in that story. Um, yep. but yeah. I just think that, I don't know, that's really, really powerful stuff, you know, just being able to turn things on their head and examine yourself, you know, with the story yeah. or like when you hear someone else's story um, instead of just, yeah, someone else needs to hear this. The prejudiced man needs exactly. to hear this. Exactly. Something that I've been telling a lot of the, uh, the groups that we talk to is like, of course, we're called to other people. We're called to help other people. But in order to do that, it's okay sometimes to be spiritually selfish because we need things for us. We're called to love others as we love ourselves. So we are in no means called to hate ourselves. Yeah. Right. But most of the times we get so caught up, even as Christians, I know I have get so caught up in trying to take care of other people and trying to, do things for other people that you completely ignore your time with the father completely ignore your time in prayer, you know, and it just makes you angry and it turns out it makes you spiritually empty, but you're still trying to do things for other people, which isn't going to turn out good because you're treating yourself like crap in the meantime. So yeah, like it's really interesting to see like what can happen when we internalize scripture whenever we hear something being taught or we hear something that someone's speaking about and we take it personal we take it for us and then it's 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 not so much of man i hope this person over there heard that because i know they really need that it's man, I'm glad I took that in today so now I can take that healing back out to someone else. Mm-hmm. And, and I mean, like, yeah, as though we could strategize and, like, figure that stuff out anyway, you know? Like, mm-hmm. I mean, often the things that I think someone needs to hear are not the thing that they need to hear. Um, exactly. Or it doesn't, you know, doesn't need to come from me, um, yeah, which I think is exactly. really cool about, like, what you guys do. Um, as far as like outward conversations, just like that, I mean, you, you typically don't know the backstories of the people that you're talking to, you know? Um, but just like being willing vessels for God to speak through, um, and just approaching topics, um, from a personal place, trusting that God's going to connect the pieces. Um, Mm -hmm. I think that's a powerful thing instead of like, oh, I know where these people are at and I have this message to deliver to them. Yeah. Because most of the time that just comes off wrong because in my uh, pride, I guess, I've tried that. I'm like, oh, I know what this group needs to be taught, so I'm going to teach that. And maybe that is what they needed, but not in the way that it was presented. Yeah, right. And uh, so there is something cool about like fully trusting in the Holy Spirit 
and being like, hey, I don't know these people at all. I don't know what they're going through, but I know this is what you've told me to go in there and talk about. And uh, there have been times where it's been super awkward and I felt like everyone hated it until like the end. And then like someone will be like, yeah, so there was this point that you hit on right when you first started. I want to talk about that some more. And I was like, okay, cool. We could have brought that back up 45 minutes ago. <laughs> yeah. But uh, like, it's super cool to see God just do things that like we couldn't even think of through just transparency and honesty. Maybe as far as like what you were talking about, uh, how had, I guess like where have you been with all of that? Um, or like... Or if you want to go the route, like, what is something that God, like, really taught you through recent travels um, with outward conversations? and um, Through travels, uh, the last time that we did a, a, a traveling one was actually there with you. Okay. Um, but we've been doing quite a lot at home over the past few weeks. But, like, through that tour... Um, God just kind of taught me to be open to him changing the atmosphere. Like, I don't know how to explain it, but like, it felt like that three nights that we spent uh, doing back-to-back teachings, that they were more teachings than conversation. And, of course, there was conversation towards the end of it, but uh, it just felt like God was saying, okay, trust what I'm telling you to say and keep saying it. Like, keep going and don't feel like you have to stop or because no one else is chiming in that you're not doing what you're supposed to be doing because that's a trick to fall into insecurity and to stop doing what I'm doing is when I fall into that trap of well no one really started talking so I guess it wasn't like a good conversation I guess it wasn't what it was supposed to be but I know some of like some of the teachings I've heard like sometimes I just want to sit there and take it in like you don't always want to respond so that's kind of what I've been being taught through, through that travel and then as far as being home um god and uh he's been using quite a few people to help me as well um just to get better at having conversations with people like not a group of people but like just me and one other person because that's something that i've never i guess felt confident in is like having like those serious like one-on-one conversations um, so that's something that's definitely been really cool for these past month or two here at home is just, uh, getting to know people more on a personal level. Um, and as far as the teaching goes, um, I'm hoping soon to start trying to provide teachings for people that may want to host these things um, without us even being there, just to kind of give them the the topics 
the questions and everything that they would need to host the stuff that we do without us even being present. Um, so I've been writing up quite a few lessons that we have. And um, I know I talked to you whenever I was up there last time. By the summer, I'm wanting to start on a uh, Outward Conversation book. Mm-hmm. And I'm still praying, and I don't know what that looks like yet. But uh, God just keeps pressing into me that all the teachings that he's given to us that we need to get out to as many people as possible. And, uh, you know, touring is not the only way to do that. So I've been trying to, I guess, put more stuff on paper. That's right. I'm stoked to to see where that heads and stuff. (laughs) Me too. (laughs) I know that like, as like a, a poet, I'm sure like as a musician, um, just I feel like with pretty much any kind of like out front thing, there's always like an element of like feeling that you have something um, to say. Um, but uh, I was just wondering, like, how, how do you kind of keep a balance between like recognizing that, you know, like you're just you're just a person like there's nothing like intrinsically like valuable about like what you have to say um, mm-hmm. and just like, you know. Get, making sure that you're following God's lead with things like are there times that that's a struggle for you or that you feel like All right, I'm just like some guy that's like talking to people um, there's quite a few times and I mean Dylan used to talk about this a lot is like we would see certain things and we would let it make us angry like we would uh you know, speak to certain groups or certain people, and we would just want to, like, you know, scream, like, hey, you know better. Like, you know better than the crap that you're doing. Stop it. Like, you can't be spiritually free and choose to stay in all of this crap that you're doing. And we would let it make us angry, and that would um, kind of twist our teachings into more of a uh, prideful Thing than it actually is us trying to help them and then there were times where we would go into a place to speak and we would feel insecure we would feel like why are we even speaking here everybody here is so much smarter than we are um you know why would we even be here and there would <clears throat> there would be a lot of times where both of us felt like we should speak up and we should say something else, but we chose not to because we felt like we weren't good enough to speak up. So we kind of just like started the topic and then we just let everybody else control the conversation because we felt insecure. So I think the uh, biggest way to get through both sides of that, either teaching at a point of pride or teaching at a point of insecurity is to use transparency and honesty, which is why I use a lot of personal testimony because I don't want to come across in any way as like, you know, I'm the teacher that has all the answers. Like I have everything figured out. So that's why I'm here to teach to you. That's why I normally open with like, we want you to ask questions, but I'm not necessarily telling you to ask me questions. I want 
everybody here to engage in conversation. I'm not saying that I'm going to have the answer, but hopefully through all of us, we can help each other to grow. And um, just trying to, to stay humble to the fact that God knows what he's doing and he's called me to go out and start these conversations and just to stay true to the, to the fact that like, I don't have to add on to what I'm called to do. God knows what he's doing. So if I go do these things, I don't have to try to pretend to be something I'm not. I don't have to try to pretend to be some awesome teacher. I don't have to try to pretend to be like this guy that has everything figured out. I can just go in and tell people what God has told me. And normally, when handled correctly, we see God move. Mm -hmm. And we see incredible things happen. The times that we felt like we didn't do what we were supposed to do was just because of that. We didn't do what we were supposed to do. We got in the way. We let pride get in the way. We let insecurity get in the way. And we didn't do the things that we were called to do when we were in these places. We didn't say what we were supposed to say. Or we said way past what we were supposed to say because we felt like um, uh, the term spiritual beating I guess like you just feel that anger of like I want to tell you everything that you're doing wrong and that's pride whenever we get that in our head the I want to tell you everything that you're doing wrong but not in a way of love, in a way of mainly I'm just mad. And we let that stuff get in the way. Um, and that took a lot of prayer and a lot of talking with each other on. Uh, we have this thing now that that we say we're going to do whatever God tells us to do. Nothing more, nothing less. Obviously, I mean, that's that's really mature too, you know, just to be able to, to realize things that uh, might not be your job to address or might be your job exactly. to address, you know? But yeah, just exactly. Like, yeah, when, when you're calling the shots, yeah, getting things out of whack. Um, but, yeah, when, when God's leading that, you know, having some type of clarity on what those things are and what to speak out on. With pride it's easy to give someone a piece of your mind rather than giving them a piece of the father's heart. Yeah. And like that piece of the father's heart comes from like Josh, what you were saying, what accountability is versus how people perceive it. Where accountability is not calling someone out, but it's calling someone up. Yeah. And you just telling them everything that they're doing wrong. You're not actually, you're stealing value from that person, but making yeah. them feel less than human. But if you're giving them love and correction as if to say that these things aren't going to lead to the best for you, and here's why, you lay it out, it lets them know that, okay, these things are wrong, but you're providing me an alternative. Exactly. Mm -hmm. And then it's not so much out of anger, but it's out of love at that point. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. And I, I think like also just like not being so quick to like point out the wrong, but I mean, related to what you just said, Calvin, like. Uh, identifying 
the right action, you know. Um, so, like, I think that there are times that that it's good, you know, to call out the wrong and just be like, yeah, of course, yeah, that needs to stop, you know. But uh, more often, it's like, you know, I don't know. I think replacing that with with what should happen, you know. Um, yes, I mean, I, I guess that can be specific to situations, but uh, like generally speaking, if I'm told to stop something, I don't know. That doesn't hold like as much power as if someone is just, you know, invites me to do what's right instead of just stopping the the wrong. Exactly. And if they don't know what to do once they've stopped those habits or whatever it is, all they're going to do is turn right back around and pick those same things back up because they don't know anything different. So if we're not teaching an alternative, then there's no point in telling them to stop what they're doing. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like, I mean, the whole science between behind like Sorry. habits and, um, you know, like addiction. Um, uh, just that uh, I heard it said that, you know, like you, you can't just eliminate a bad habit. You have to replace it with a, with a positive one. Um, exactly. And uh, I mean, it makes a lot of sense. I think it's fairly simple, but something that we don't necessarily recognize all that clearly. Um, but uh, yeah, just when it comes to any type of like sin issue, this is something that we kind of talked with our uh, students about last night. Is just like they were asking that one one guy in particular, just like, hey, it, like is this and this and this and this a sin? You know, or it's just like, well, I mean, we could we could talk about those things, but I think you know the bigger question is like, like do you want to be close to Jesus? Um, like is that mm-hmm. is that what you want in your life? Because um, if so, then yeah pursue that and uh you know like then you'll you'll develop the the father's heart towards those things um and exactly. i th- and i think you'll see that yes those things are not god's intention for you um but if you're just asking because i don't know you want to like know what things to stop um for one like yes. if, if you're asking the question in the first place then you might want to you know evaluate what that says about the thing um um, and also just, yeah, I don't know, like, don't just, don't just merely stop doing a thing thinking that that's going to draw you closer to God's heart. Um, yeah, for sure. For sure. That's how we fall into, um, guilt and condemnation constantly is just, we're like, well, you know, I stopped doing these things, but I still don't feel any closer to god it must be me there's something wrong with me but through all of this talking and scripture calls it careless words empty words like we spend so much time talking but very little time talking to god and like that's the huge problem is that's what we taught on for our uh, church group too last night and we had some of those same questions of okay so i need to stop doing this 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 and this and to an extent we were like yeah those things aren't healthy for you like yes you do need to stop doing those things but in scripture we see like jesus had a very hectic life but like john made it so clear he said Jesus got up early before everybody else and went to an isolated spot 
and spent time with the Father. Mm -hmm. And yet we think that we can handle all the stuff that we're trying to take on and not spend time with the Father. And when we truly spend time with Him, all of these habits are going to seem pointless anyways. They're going to, like, we're not going to want to do them. We're not going to be drawn to them. And to an extent, depending on what they are, we'll probably be sickened by them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think that, um, yeah, a lot. It, it can be easy for, for myself to even, like, get in a mindset of, like, I want to, I don't know, I want to, I want to find my sin sickening. Um, yes. But which is the case, but like that doesn't come from convincing myself that something is not good for me. You know, like that yeah. only, that only comes from intimacy with the father really, yes. you know, like, um, I don't know, I guess just like when it comes to, I don't know, any, any type of anything that has a negative consequence, like you can be aware of a negative consequence. Maybe that'll, you know stop you from a certain habit um but you know there are certain things that don't necessarily have negative consequences immediately um and i guess just like specifically talking about lust talking about porn you know um i remember talking to a, a, a student way back in the day that he was just talking to me saying like man the thing that i hate most about it is uh that there is like no negative repercussion in the moment. Um, he was just like, I wish, I wish sometimes that I would just get caught or that, that there was like some physical manifestation that was uh, very obviously, you know, um, obviously negative. So I could like really grasp onto that, but it was just like, yeah, I mean, that's, that's kind of like the, the trickier trickery of certain things like that is you don't experience the negative repercussion. Um, like you, you, you've experienced the ultimate negative repercussion because it creates yeah. distance between you and God's heart. Um, and I think that that's very easy to sense. Um, but as far as like a tangible thing, it's not there. It's not like you have to like wear it, you know, like when you, if you do like fall into that particular temptation, like it's not like it's like a thing over your head when you're walking around, like people see, yeah. or like, you know, it's all internal. Mm-hmm. And for most people, they can tend to hide it very well. While on the other hand, what it does psychologically to you is that it just screws you up in so many ways, and it it does screw up clarity a lot, mm-hmm. like with the father. So, like you know, immediately like repenting for sure would be like just laying that thing down and like taking the guilt and the shame and like giving it all to the father. The safest thing to do because trying to bear the weight of it will simply crush you. Yeah. Yep. And it's interesting because even knowing that, um, what you just said, like even knowing that realization doesn't prevent me. Like the only thing that really does prevent me is being close to Jesus, you know? Um, and that's, that's something that I like realize about myself. Um, and yeah, I'll just be honest. Like I, I still like pay a monthly fee for like accountability software. I mean, like had a conversation with my wife recently where it's just like, yeah, I definitely see the need for this in my life. As far as like me and her go, and this is just like where where I I see it, uh, I could be as close as ever to my wife, but still have that temptation. Um, yep. Really, the only thing that 
I would I don't even want to say like takes it away, but like the only thing that uh, that I the only way that I experience freedom in that is when I'm walking close with Jesus and spending time with Him. Um, it's not me recognizing the negative consequences between yeah. me and my wife, me and God, because um, those things make sense here. Um, but like it's only when my heart is connected to Him that I have less desire for those things in the first place and like actually experience freedom. Uh, it's just kind of like this, this same thought of like, you can be taught over and over again, like, you know, porn is bad, porn is wrong. But when it comes down to it, that's something that you're going to do most likely when you're by yourself and you're not going to be taking any Anybody else's thoughts on it into account you're not going to be taking what anybody else told you into account you're going to fall into it on your own and I doubt you're going to talk to too many people especially Christians that are going to tell you yeah porn is okay everything about porn is okay like for the most part people understand that it's wrong they understand that it's not something they should be into by any means but yet that doesn't stop honestly most people from turning to that when they feel insecure or lonely or or whatever it is that becomes their drug Mm -hmm. and even during times of like you know scrolling through porn or like whatever it may be like you still know in your mind this is wrong but you just don't care and just like you just said like the only thing that keeps you from that is one knowing who you are in christ and knowing who christ is and paul talks on taking thoughts captive Mm -hmm. and normally like in times of you know looking at porn getting angry no matter what it is it starts with a thought and if we can stop that thought as soon as that enters our head and it's just kind of like picking up that thought throwing it out instead of letting that thought lead to the next thought to the next thought to well, you're by yourself. It's not hurting anybody. No one even has to know. All of these thoughts continue until you fall back into that sin. But if we know how, what Paul was talking about, take those thoughts captive. And then we also have to use that time for something else. Which, in all honesty, should be spending time with the Father. Amen. Yeah, not. I mean, not. Yeah, not to say that like the knowledge of you know negative effects of certain things does not prevent you know certain yeah, things. Yeah, for, sure. um, for sure. But I think just yeah that that alone does not you know does not prevent. Yeah, even when you look at like I don't know, studies of like statistics coming out of uh, I don't know promiscuous sex or like smoking or whatnot, you know like. I don't know, maybe for some people, it's like a, a, a fear-based thing that prevents usage, um, usage of sex. That's weird. Um, but like, <laughs> <laughs> you, 
you know, like prevents certain things. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I'd say like ultimately, you know, like just being aware of those things doesn't, doesn't yeah. change the heart, you know, like, yeah. uh, and really the, the, the heart change and the desire change, I believe just comes from, you know, intimacy with the father and letting him change those things. So I can't change my exactly. desire, you know, um, I can maybe like change my, ha- change habits that will yeah. shift my desires. But like, if it's not transformed by him and I mean, then it's not transformed. <laughs> yeah. Right. It's still going to be the same as all behavior modification. Yeah. And like, I don't know for anyone listening, like, uh, if you find yourself in that position in that spot, it's clearly just an invitation to know the father more. Yeah. Like don't take it and be at a place where it's like, see, I knew I was always unworthy of God's love. Cause I keep finding myself in this exact same spot. Like, no, it does not mean that you're condemned by any means. It just means that you're invited to know the Father more. And that in this position where your heart is now, that it's not where it needs to be. And that it's invited to come back. And the grace has been paid for to make that available. So you have the option that you've been graced by God to do different and to do better. And to walk actually with him. You're invited into that. And that's yours because of Christ. So, like, do not by any means stay in a position of, like, fear like obstinate into thinking that dad doesn't want you back because that's the greatest lie from hell he does want you yeah. back and he desires that and the cross is the proof mm-hmm. yeah and on that note like um i remember doing a bible study with some uh some dudes years back um and there's a the passage in first john 3 6 no one who remains in him keeps on sinning uh no one who mm-hmm. continues to sin has seen him or known him um and yeah one of the guys was just saying that like they felt like that was so condemning because um, they were just like, man, I do struggle with some of the same things. Like I do continue in my sin. Like, does that mean that my, my yeah. salvation is illegitimate? And it was, I mean, to, to me, it was like very encouraging because it was more, I know to me, it's like more so the fact that you are an imperfect person and are still messing up just like lends credence to the fact that you still are in need of God. Like you don't, you don't know him as you should. Um, and because if you did, things would be different. So like, to me, it's like almost like a motivation that, oh gosh, man, like a realization that I don't know him the way that I want to know him. Um, cause if I did, things would look different. Um, and that's, you know, a far, far different cry from, you know, being condemned as like, yeah, you're not, your, your faith isn't legit. You know, it's just like, no, a reality check. Like you're yeah. not, you're not where you should be. And, uh, and through Christ, that's yeah. possible to, to be where you should be, you know? For sure. That's good. And something that, uh, that we need to be thoughtful of too, is as Christians, we're called to help others be set free and we can only do that through transparency and honesty. So, mm-hmm. um, something else, if there had, if there's anyone hearing this and you've like struggled with, porn and you are set free of that or if you've struggled with anything and you are set free of that or you are striving to be set free of that talk to people let people know because one it's going to help you a lot too like it's not just for the the other people james says confess your sins to each other so that you may be healed Mm -hmm. and i've learned that that is uh, a very solid truth, especially when dealing with porn, 
is the enemy will keep telling you, you can handle it on your own. You can handle it on your own. After this time, you're done. You're not going to do it anymore, but you just have to get through this time, and then you're done. You know it's wrong. Um, no, you don't need to let anybody know that you're going through this. That is a lie. Let people know. Find people that you trust, people that have your best interest at heart, and people that know God that you can talk to and let them know. And uh, that thing that you were talking about, Josh, I don't know which program you use, but I know uh, there's quite a few good programs that people can get where it'll send each other emails and updates. It's really cool things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Um, the one that I that I use, it's called Ever Accountable. Um, it actually doesn't block anything. Um, but uh, I had tried like messing with some other ones back in the day, um, and this one, I mean, it's kind of interesting because like it almost does work on the basis of like I don't know if you want to say like fear, but like uh, just like the transparent, like utter transparency though. Um, so it actually gives a list of every single site that you visited. Um, and I have that sent to a couple buddies of mine. Um, so like, yeah, they just have a list of every single site. Um, so it's kind of like one of those things where I feel like, all right, um, a- a- anywhere I go is going to be known to, to, to other people, you know? Um, yeah. and, uh, that in itself does not change my heart, but, it's a way that I'm kept in check. And, uh, I mean, I don't know there are a lot of times like in weak moments that I'm just like, yeah, I don't want to have that conversation with that person about like why I, I visited that site, you know? And yeah, so, and sometimes sure. that's, that's enough for me to take a step back and be like, and yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't want that. That's a really good one. Um, there, yeah, there are plenty other ones out there. Um, some that I had found in the past, weren't like, I guess, as, uh, aggressive as, as I'd like them to be, um, where they just kind of like looked for keywords and like, you know, yeah. um, but, uh, but yeah, for, for, for me, that's, that's been a helpful, helpful thing, helpful in yeah, the process, sure. not, not the solution, but helpful in the process. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Even if you were like completely hooked on porn then you're, completely free of porn if you haven't drawn closer to god then like you're probably just replacing one sin with another sin or you just feel feel a little bit cleaner yeah exactly (laughs) exactly that's good yeah uh to uh, dial back into like your uh your buddy you were talking about josh you uh you were saying had that feeling um that in and of itself is proof that God has done something in the heart. Because yeah. um, if you were dead to God, you wouldn't care. Or you wouldn't feel the conviction of saying that I feel like I'm in the wrong. Um, so, yeah, for the person who has that too, that feels that conviction or like feels that sense of guilt, like that is a gift from God to like, it's, it's your invitation. So like just because you feel that way does not by any means disqualify you. It basically means that the Father has began to work inside your heart, and he seeks to perfect that thing. So, yeah, be super, super encouraged. That's a very good thing. Mm-hmm. It'd be bad if you didn't feel anything afterwards. Yes. You were like, oh, read that passage. Oh, well, that doesn't apply to me. I don't care. Yeah. But the fact that you care shows that you actually have a desire to grow closer to the Father, and he wants that. 
Mm-hmm. And it means the Holy Spirit's all over you, tugging on you. Yeah. Well, hey, Josh, um, I actually have to get going here in a second. Um, okay. But uh, thanks for setting aside time to sit down with us again. Like, I enjoyed right. reaching thanks for here. Thanks for having me back. Yeah, for sure. Um, uh, if you want to tell people where to uh, where to follow you with Outward Conversations, and uh, one thing also um, – for anyone listening, if you want to go back and listen to the previous conversation we had with Josh and Dylan, they go more into, uh, you know, details about like history of outward conversation and stuff. Definitely recommend checking that out. But yeah, yeah where can they find you? Um, Facebook.com slash outward conversation. And uh, I check it a decent amount. So like if you s- send us anything on there. I'll pretty much answer it instantly. Um, and on there, you'll find all of our uh, all of our info for stuff we have coming up, um, ways to sign up to get emails that uh, I've been sending out these past few weeks of uh, teachings. Soon enough, updates on the book. Because I'm really looking forward to see where that goes. All right. Love you guys. Appreciate you. Love you, man. Love you too, man. See you you soon. Peace, Cal. All right. So we'll be back next week with an interview with Joel Keim. I heard about Joel's story in an audiobook that I was listening to recently. His story is very much one of being on the receiving end of grace and mercy. Our conversation with him was very real and very heavy, and I'm very excited to bring you that episode. Uh, So next Thursday, that's March 16th, we'll be releasing that one, and it's one that you don't want to miss. Until then, if you want to follow us on SoundCloud, iTunes, Feedly, Stitcher, pretty much anywhere podcasts are found, you can find previous episodes on our website, letgoddie.com, as well as sign up for the email mailing list on the contact page. And if you'd like to support what we're doing, we have a support page on there as well. Thank you so much for listening, and until next time.